You're listening to a powerful message from the Overcomers Church World Outreach. We believe the word of God you receive today will bring restoration and transformation to your life. We invite you to worship with us. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website, www.overcomersgrace.org. God bless you as you listen to his word in Jesus' name. Jesus the Lord. Sorry, everyone in place. Just two or three prayer points before we declare Jesus the Lord. Matthew 13. Verse 24, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat 
and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tars also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then had it tares? And he said unto them, An enemy had done this. Didn't you sow good seed in your field? What is it that the enemy has planted in your life that makes it look like you are not serving God? Didn't you sow good seed in your field? Sir, did you, your reputation, did you? Don't you know how to do business? Didn't you go to school? I was wrong with you. You've done this project before. What happened? You can't deliver again. An enemy had done this. Didn't you sow good seed in your field? I took my children to Sunday school. I raised my children the right way. Didn't you sow good seed? Why am I seeing this? At the time, I'm expecting harvest. I'm seeing something else. What is it that the enemy has planted in your life to corrupt your harvest? Today you are going to cry out and say, my father, my father. My father, my, my father. father, my father. My father, my Everything father. Everything. Planted in my life. Planted in my, planted life. In my marriage. Planted in my, planted in my children. Planted in my, planted in my business. Planted in, my planted in this church. Planted in, this planted church. in, Nigeria, planted in Nigeria. To destroy our to harvest. Destroy our to corrupt our harvest. To, our to pollute our harvest. To pollute Today, our harvest. oh God, Today, oh let Lord. there be a divine uprooting. In the name of Jesus, brethren, begin to pray. A divine uprooting. Begin to pray brothers and sisters if you are not physically sick please stand up this is the time of prayer every plant my heavenly father has not planted every plant he has not planted in my mind every plant he has not planted in my mind every plant he has not planted in my body every plant of cancer every plant every tumor everything that is in my body that is in my mind that is in my business that is in nigeria that is in this church that does not belong today in the name of jesus i command you in accordance to the word of the living god for the bible says every plant my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted up Every plant, hear ye the word of the Lord, be rooted up, 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 wherever you are, be rooted up. If you're a man, be rooted up. If you're a woman, be rooted up. If you're in any department, be rooted up. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. I just read this. Please, I'm especially appealing to the young people. Please stand up or kneel down. But don't sit down when we pray. It bothers me. I'm sorry. It's, it's, uh, it's a time of aggression. The time of aggression. Your posture when you pray matters. Your posture when you pray matters. I was telling people in, in a restoration land, but sometimes they'll be doing praise and worship and they'll be sitting down. I said, even if you want to go and approach a woman as a man, you don't do anyhow. You don't make your body anyhow. If not, you will go home empty. Eh? Your posture matters. You don't ask God for anyhow. You are sitting down. To ask which God. If even, even local council chairman, if they come here, you stand up and say, and you greet the person properly. You stand up. A, a, a man said that uh, somebody was coming to see his daughter and the man came and was saying how, this is in America, 
a Yoruba man. He said, how, how you doing, man? He said, ah, this one. He said, ah. Uh-huh. When Yoruba man says, ah, it has many meanings, but in that context. Thank you. So let's adjust our posture when we pray and praise. When I, I looked up, if you look up there, a tear is something that resembles wheat. It's not easily identified when they are growing up. It resembles. It looks like. Matter of fact, if you don't know how to separate it, when you grind the wheat and you use it to make bread, it will make the bread bitter and acidic. It's, a, it's, a, it's public information. That's a biological fact. It, that's why he used that particular plant, a tear among the wheat. So the devil will not plant something that is easily distinguishable. That's why you need discernment. That's what the Holy Spirit told me. I was looking at a picture of a twin football players for the New England Patriots. And right there, the Spirit of God told me, that's why you need discernment. You don't need discernment to discern between two things that are different. You need discernment to be able to tell two things that look alike but are very different. When you go to Alaba, you need discernment. I've gotten the point across, Abby. When Jesus used tear and wheat. If you have gone to Alaba without discernment. Everything. My father, my father, my father. Everything in my life. Meant to poison my life. Meant to poison my harvest. Meant to poison my harvest. Today, oh God. Today, oh God. Uproot it in the name of Jesus. 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 Brethren, begin to pray. Everything. You have been working that job. You have been on that contract. You have been in that relationship. Right here at the end. The enemy wants to destroy it. The enemy wants to make you look like a fool. The enemy wants to make you look like you don't work hard. The enemy wants to make you look like you're not honest. Today, in the name of Jesus, we command everything that is not of God. Make the poison my harvest. Be uprooted in the name of Jesus. Be uprooted in the name of Jesus. Be uprooted in the name of Jesus. Jesus. By thunder, by fire, by thunder, by fire, I approach you. In Jesus' name we are praying. Amen. Sorry, we have to go real quick. You are standing. We have to declare Jesus the Lord. Did you not sow good seed in your field? It's a challenge of your character. It's a spirit of scandal. The people who worked with him were asking him. If the people who are working with you are asking you, did you do the right thing? Know what the people outside are saying. That man was a businessman. So he did that wheat. He's supposed to sell it. So what of if you come and you are selling a product and someone goes and then they exchange some of the, the, the new ones in the pack and they put. It's, meant, it's a spirit of scandal. It's meant to destroy your reputation. Destroy your reputation in ministry. Destroy your reputation in the marketplace. Destroy your reputation in class. Did you not so? They are questioning the owner of the farm. Imagine if he had carried the tares and the wheat and sold to somebody. They would say, oh, look at him. He goes to church. Look at what he sold me. To destroy your reputation. That's one of the greatest meanings of steal, kill, and destroy. To destroy means somebody is alive, but it's like they're dead. They're finished. They have committed career suicide, some people say. My father, my father, my father. My father, my 
Every spirit of scandal. Every spirit of every spirit of scandal. Every spirit of operational in my life. Operational in my business. Operational in my family. Against the men in my family. Against the women in my family. Today, in the name of Jesus, I command you, evil spirit, get out of my life. Get out of my business. Get out of this church. Get out of Nigeria. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Every spirit on assignment meant to destroy my reputation, meant to destroy my character, meant to destroy the way I look, meant to question my character in public. Men to I question my ability. Today by the power that is in the name of Jesus. For you said this side shall follow them that believe. In your name they will cast out evil spirits. You evil spirit, hear you the word of the Lord. Be gone from our midst. We cast you out of our midst. In the name of Jesus. In accordance to the word of the living God. Get out of my house. Get out of my family. Get out of my body. Get out of my business. Get out of this church. Get out of Nigeria. In the name of Jesus. I break your yoke in the name of Jesus. I break your yoke in the name of Jesus. Amen. Finally, they said, should we take it up now? The master said, no. Wait. Wisdom. When the enemy has so tears among the wheat, this parable speaks of God, the children uh, of God, and the sons of darkness, the sons of the devil, sons of the evil one, when Jesus interpreted it later on in Matthew 13, 37, I think. This is 24. You need wisdom when the enemy sows tears among the wheat. When the enemy mixes in the multitude, you need wisdom to be able to separate. You need discernment to be able to tell which one is wheat and which one is tear. And then you need wisdom to properly. He said, I will send the reapers in. He said, no, no, don't touch it. You are not skilled. You are not qualified enough. You need wisdom to pick the right people to help you. You need wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. My father, give me wisdom. In the marketplace, give me wisdom. At home, with my wife or my husband, give me wisdom. With my children, give me wisdom. Begin to cry out to God. I need wisdom. If you go with brute force, you will destroy that thing. You will destroy that marriage. You will destroy that business. You will destroy that friendship. Oh God of heaven, grant me wisdom. Wisdom to pick the right people. Wisdom to know the people to pick. Wisdom to know what to remove. Wisdom to know what to remove. Wisdom to know what to keep. Wisdom to know what to throw away. Wisdom to know what to say. We don't know where to keep quiet. Oh God of heaven, I'm crying out to you this day. In the name of Jesus, grant me divine wisdom. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Now let's declare Jesus the Lord. Today is a crossover to the other side. Crossover to the other side. The key scripture is Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And the same day when evening was come, he, that's Jesus, said unto them, <clears throat> let us pass over. I don't know why this one says Passover. Some, there's um, other, other translations read, let us cross over onto the other side. When I read that story by the 
special understanding of the Holy Ghost, and it's only the Holy Ghost that, uh, that can open the scriptures to a man. When I look through it, it's out of the four Gospels. It only shows up in three of the Gospels. It doesn't show up in John. It shows up in Mark, Luke, Matthew. In those three accounts, none of the accounts are exactly similar. The three accounts of the madman at Gadara. Mark chapter 5, Luke 8, I believe. Um, uh, I've forgotten where it is in Matthew. But none of those accounts are 100% similar of what happened preceding. Matter of fact, they don't even sound like the same day. <clears throat> but in this one and in one other account, it says on the same day. And this one says, when evening had come. Before we go on to describe what crossing over is, because I don't want you people to take these things when we say it is a prophetic declaration. It's not, oh, this is the year to cross over. It's like we are looking for a name to give a year. No, that's not it. There is a time for a man or a woman to cross over. There's a time. You can't cross over any time you want. You can't cross over any time you want. There's a, there's a, there's a, for he shall arise and have mercy. For the set time, the set time, there's a set time. And when evening had come. Who goes in the boat to cross somewhere in the evening? At that time. That's what, that's what the Spirit of God... I believe, I believe, I have no proof that perhaps the disciples were wondering, why can't we go tomorrow? Why would you go in the evening? It's not the time of... Even now, if you want to go on the water at night, it's somehow much less then. You have to be ready. You have to be prepared. That when God says, let's cross over, will not always be convenient for you. Will not always be convenient. It won't look like the right time. It won't look like the right time to do that project. It won't look like the right time to get married. It won't look like the right time. A lot of us, are, a lot of us have our timing. A lot of us destroy the plan of God. We, we know what God wants, but we don't seek his face enough to know when. He wants it. And so oftentimes, we, we, we generally go ahead of God. Our God is a God who does things at his own time. He specializes in that throughout the scriptures. You look at that. He has a time, and you won't move him off of his time. He knew the children of Israel were suffering. It's not, after, it's not as if, oh, 400 years. Oh, by the way, these people are suffering. No, no. He knew. One generation, a generation, I used to think a generation was eight years between life and death. No, a generation is the time in between a person is born and they are old enough to have a child. A generation is somewhere around 30 years. And the Spirit of God brought it to my mind. How in 1990, when we moved to Agoda, and we were bursting out on every side, we moved there for a crusade, and we were supposed to move back, but we couldn't move back again. We couldn't. It was impossible. We couldn't move that many people to that place. And how this year is 32 years since that time. A generation. A generation. We didn't do everything the way we ought to have done it. So a generation later, a generation later, God is saying, go forward. 
when you hear go forward, think of it as go forward again. You have tarried about this mountain long enough. He said that to a new generation because the old generation had passed away. The people he said that to were not the people he said to in Numbers 13. Go, no, no, those are different. It's a full generation. Those people he said that to were children. The first time around, he said go forward. But because of the uh, interferences of human nature with the will of God, don't let the timing of God's instruction keep you from obedience. I'll repeat that one. Don't let the timing of God's instruction. Don't let the timing of God's instruction. God will, all, generally speaking, most of the time, will speak to you and ask you to go at a time where you want to stay. Ask you to sow at a time where you want to save. Ask you to move at the time where you want to keep still. He knows. That's why it's obedience. If it was easy to obey, everybody will obey. God rewards obedience, so you don't give rewards anyhow. You don't give medal from first to number eight, no. If it was easy, then everybody would obey, everybody would be enjoying. It's not easy. And part of the things that make it difficult, one of the chief things that makes it difficult is the timing of God. The timing that kept him from going to Lazarus when they expected. A lot of us, our faith is tied to time. And God wants to break that up and let us know that he's alpha and omega, meaning he manipulates time. He can take an evening and do for you in an evening what you expected the last 10 years. He's a God that time is, we can't control time. So time is, Mark, is like the beat. You, you, it's, it's moving. Whether you like it or not, you can't adjust it. There's no, but the ultimate drama that can adjust and change time. For the Bible says he changes times and seasons. A lot of you here have given up. You have decided in your mind, oh, I'm still serving God. But you have decided somewhere, you have packed that dream like a car. You have packed that, that, that motivation, that thing that you, well, maybe it wasn't God that said it. Maybe it was just in my mind. Maybe God didn't actually say, well, to God be all the glory. I don't have this one, but I have these other ones. God is saying, wake up. Wake up. When evening had come, despite the different accounts in the Gospels, so the different men saw different things. So whether you are doing well, whether you are not doing well, it doesn't matter your perspective of life. It doesn't matter how the last year treated you. Some people, last year was the greatest year of their lives. Some people suffered massive loss last year. For some people, it was, eh, you know, not so bad, here and there. Jesus said to all of them, let us cross over to the other side. Point number two, there is another side. The devil wants you to believe that where it is, is where it is. How it is, is how it is. This is how it's going to be. You hear when people want to talk about things, innovations in Nigeria, people will say, <laughs> now, is, is it not, okay, I don't hear you now. What that person is telling you is that there's no other side. This is it. This is how it is. This is how it's going to be. It's that hopelessness that drives people to suicide. And somebody does not live anymore. A man that does not believe that there's another side. That does not believe that tomorrow is pregnant with something different than what they already have. It will be easy for them to kill themselves. Don't blame those people. 
The devil has convinced them beyond every shadow of a doubt. This is how it's going to be. Why don't you just take your life? What are you staying around for? The disciples didn't know there was another side. What are we going to this place to do? By all accounts, those people are not Jewish. So it's highly unlikely that the disciples went to that place. Maybe to trade. What are we... What, uh, this place, at this time, they had pigs there. So that's why theologians believe, you know, because the Israelites don't keep pigs. So they had pigs in that place. The demons went into the pigs. So they believed that that place was not uh, Israelite territory. So why would he be going there in the evening? There is another side. There is another side to life. There is another side to your marriage. There is another side to that child. There is another side to that business. The God we serve is a God that specializes in doing the unimaginable when everything seems impossible. The God we serve specializes, I repeat, in doing the unimaginable when everything seems impossible. When everything seems impossible. When you look like there is no way, the God we serve is a God that he delights in doing and you say this is unbelievable. A man, I went to a church in U.S. It was the biggest, if I mention the name of the church, everybody will know it. It was the biggest of, of those churches in, uh, in that, actually I think in the U.S. It was one of the biggest branches they had. And the man said he did not wear shoes until he was 18. And here he is, the pastor of a church, one of the largest congregations. Im almost impossible for a, com a bunch of Africans. All of them were not legal immigrants. And they built a church in three years. Church building. Their own building in three years. The man came to the United States when he was 38. So at age 38, a man who was not wearing shoes 20 years ago became a pastor in an unlikely land. And he did, and God did marvelous things. One day I saw that man. I saw that man standing outside. When they had paved the outside of their compound, they did it with asphalt, with the lines, the way it is in supermarkets in America. And the man just stood like this and shook his head. Because of my background, I knew what he was shaking his head at. This is unbelievable. Ask anybody that God has truly done great things in their life. If they, because some people, that's what I don't like. Some people, when they talk, they will tell you as if, yes, I knew this was going to happen. Yes, I fasted. Yes, I prayed. Nah, you didn't know. No, you didn't know. I has not seen. Ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart. Of a man. You don't know what God can do. You have no idea. You don't know what God can do. You have no idea. You are a human being. Your mind is too small. You have no, that is why he's God. So when you come to the end, he shows you. Not just another level. A level that is unbelievable. You don't know what God is capable of doing. You don't know what God is capable of doing. For those of you who it seems like, when is this result going to come? Every day I'm paying my tithe. They call for offering, I'm giving offering. You are seeing small, small, but you are ready for the next big thing. Jesus is saying to you, come, let us cross over to the other side. And it says in that uh, verse 35, it says in this version, New King James, they sent away the multitude. I like the version that says, and they left the multitude. 
you cannot cross over with everyone. You can't cross over with everyone. Just settle that in your mind. You can't cross over with everyone. You can't cross over with everyone in your family. Hopefully you're able to cross over with your husband or wife. You must. That one is must. You must cross over with your husband or wife. By fire, by force. But other ones, other people. You may not even be able to cross over with your children. That's why most people are not able to go from one level of faith to another level of faith. God asked Abraham, leave what he was saying was crossover. Leave your father's house. That's what he was telling him. Crossover. Leave, your fa- leave the familiar. He couldn't help himself. He had to take someone along. And then you see the end of Lot. You can't cross over with everyone. You will, you, you will some, some way, somehow, if you're trying to pull everyone, especially those that God did not plan, to enter into that next level with you, you will destroy the destination. Or you won't get there. You will destroy the destination. You will wreck the plan. You will alter the plan. If you attempt to take everyone and they sent the multitude. I'm not saying go it by yourself because those people got into the boat with the other disciples and with Jesus. Let us cross over is not for everybody. It's for Jesus and his disciples. It's not for everybody. It's for Jesus and his disciples. People that follow after him. People that talk like him. People that want to be like him. People that want to do what God wants to do. People that want to do what God wants to do. Something happened this week. I was trying to, I was trying to um, do something in order to do something else. So, so the something, the first something, didn't work. So, and time was, it was time sensitive. This is not something where you can believe God. You need, like we needed that thing to happen in one week. And all of a sudden, something we had been waiting on for like two and a half, if not three years, in the twinkle of an eye, far exceeded the first something I was trying to do. That's what the Holy Spirit told me. If, if God is sending you a message, what he gives you is for the message. The change is what you can keep. God is sending you on an errand. He will provide if it's his errand. You are free. Feel free to keep the change. But make sure that you get the job done. God will not provide for you. Won't provide for you money. Won't provide for you husband. Won't provide for you wife. Won't provide for you helpers to do what you want to do. That's the problem. Change the mission. The provision will come. That's the problem. A lot of us are praying. That's why you are asking and miss. You are asking to fulfill your own mission. God is not interested in that. If you are going to follow him, if he will provide for you, if you want to go and beg, steal, kill, and do it any other way, fine. You'll pay for it. You'll pay for it. But if you want God to provide, that's okay. Tie that provision to a God-centered mission. And God will move God will do unbelievable and he will do it so quickly. He will do it, uh, he will just do it in a way that this is only God. 
just do his own. Pay your tithe and do. Hallelujah. Pay your tithe and do what it is that God is asking you to do with that provision. They got into the boat. The scripture that the Spirit brought to my mind when I heard that was he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Almighty shall abide under the shadow. It kind of falls in with the point I was making. When you are doing what God wants to do, wants you to do, when you are in his will, you are in the secret place. Secret place does not necessarily mean that people don't know where you are. It just means they can't touch you. It doesn't mean that they don't know what you are doing. It just means that they can't stop what you are doing. Secret place is not secret in the sense that they cannot see. He prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies. So what God is doing is not secret. But who is doing and how he's doing it. How he's doing it and who is doing it is untouchable. That's what that word secret there means. It's untouchable. And people ask you, what's your secret? Your secret is doing what God wants you to do, when God wants you to do it, how God wants you to do it. That's the secret. Once you get into that, what they call the center of his will, you become untouchable. By your friends and your enemies, you become untouchable. You become totally untouchable. That is where a man's anointing begins to work. That's why you see some people are anointed and it seems like some people are more anointed. The more you line your vision up, the more you line your ability, your voice, your business, your contacts with what God wants done, the more untouchable, the more secret you enter into that secret place. That's what the boat is. You can't cross over anyhow. There's a place for crossing over. There's something God needs you to do in order to cross over. Finally, a windstorm will arise and beat into your boat. You will be challenged. First Peter 4.12, it says, do not be uh, not shocked. Uh, count it not, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing had happened unto you. That Jesus said, let us cross over does not mean it to be smooth sailing. That Jesus said, let us cross over, doesn't mean that everything will just work out like that. There will be challenges along the way. And God is watching to see when Jesus is asleep. Jesus is in the boat, but he's not responding. God is watching to see what you will say. Leading up to the thing that I needed to get done in one week. I started crying out to God, but God, we've done everything we have the Spirit started to check me because my prayers were almost starting to sound accusatory. I was almost. You know how when you pray, you start accusing God small. A little. But God, you said. You are saying the right things, but you know what I mean. Start questioning God. God, did you not say, after all, I do this. After all, I do that. After all, don't accuse God. When the windstorm arises, because the windstorm will arise. God wants to see what will come out of your mouth under pressure. Master, care ye not that we perish? Don't you care? You're accusing him. You are, you are basically saying you don't care, but you are being polite, so you put a question in front of it. 
God wants to see what you will say. In the middle of the crossover, between where he spoke and where it's time for performance, how are you going to react when the money is not coming quickly enough? How you thought, the amount you thought. What are you going to say when you are under pressure? The crossover, the Spirit of God told me, is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It is not a routine occurrence. The crossover for those disciples is a private, divine experience where Jesus unveils and manifests a different side of himself, a different level of himself to you. David said, the God who gave the lion and the bear into my hand. Nobody was there when he killed the lion and the bear. Everybody was there when he killed Goliath. Before you reach your Jericho experience, you must first cross over. The disciples that left the side of Israel, by the time they got to Gadara, they knew a different Jesus than they knew when they started that journey. They said, what manner of man is this? It was not just to deliver that man on the other side. That part of it, the greater part of that mission, the Spirit of God told me, is to let the disciples know the kind of Jesus they are working with. It was this experience that made Peter say, Master, if it is you. Peter would not have said this if they had not gone through this. For we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. If your testimony is not strong, if your testimony is not established, God will make you go through some things that will establish your testimony. That a foundational, there are things you go through and other things don't face you as much. You say, if God can do this one. If God can do this one. Don't tell me that Abraham was the same Abraham until after Isaac was born. That that's the same Abraham it was before Isaac was born. No. Yes, he was a great man of faith, but there's nothing like holding that result in your hand. There's nothing like holding those babies in your hand. There's nothing like when that massive amount hits your bank account. Like it. There's nothing like that moment where God shows you in real time, in tangible ways, his goodness, his power. There's nothing like when that testimony hits you. It changes you. It's a divine encounter. That is what crossing over is meant to do. Crossing over is not just for, Father, give me this, give me that. To cross over means I have seen another side of Jesus. Your commitment and your service will change when you cross over. Your perspective will change. The way you look at things will change. Your humility will change when you get to the other side. That's the problem with a lot of us in our faith. We are Christians, we serve God, we believe God, but we have been on one side for too long. That's why you see some Christians and they say they are carnal Christians. You see some Christians and they are immature, they have not crossed over. They have not experienced Jesus in a new way. When Moses saw the burning bush, that was a crossover experience for him. He was not the same man when he went home that evening, can't tell me. If no matter how he believed in God, when you see a bush on fire and it's not burning, that's why he went in that confidence. I am trusting God and I'm praying that in this year as we cross over, you can't take over. Take over is the Jericho experience. Take over is De De David and Goliath. You cannot take over until you as a believer have crossed over.
personally in your relationship with Jesus. Let us rise. Cry out to God. If someone could begin to play more of you, more of you, more of you, Jesus, more of you. Begin to cry out to God for a fresh revelation. Begin to cry out to God for a fresh revelation. We are used to warfare prayers. We prayed warfare prayers. This is a personal prayer. Cry out to God for a divine encounter. When you encounter God a certain way, people won't beg you to serve God. People won't beg you to do the things of God. People won't beg you. They won't push you. It won't be hard for you to evangelize. The way Saul met Jesus on the road to Damascus, that is how we need to meet Jesus. More of you, Jesus, cry out to him. Cry out to God. If God does not change you, you cannot take over. If God does not change you, that thing you are believing God for, when you get it, you will destroy it. That thing you are believing God for, when you get it, it will destroy you. Solomon did not know God on a personal basis. So when God blessed him, the wealth destroyed him. Ask God for more. Ask God for more. A revelation of God. A revelation of God is what your children need. You won't have to push them to come to church. A revelation. A divine revelation will change a man. It will change your thinking. It will change the way you see things. It will change the way you see people. You won't get angry as quickly when you have encountered Jesus. You won't fall into sin as quickly and easily when you have encountered Jesus. Cry out to God and ask Him for a change. Ask Him for a change. Ask Him for a change. We have been asking for change of bank account status. Change of marital status. Change of this. Change of things that we can count. Change of things that we can see. Oh God, change me. Change me. Those disciples knew Jesus in another way by the time they got to the other side. Brethren, pray. I know this is not a popular prayer point. Pray in the spirit. God, I need to change. I need to change. If I enter marriage the way I am, I'll destroy that marriage. If I become a millionaire the way I am, that money will destroy me. Jesus, change me. Change me. The blessings you want are there for the taking if you will change. You cannot take over until you have crossed over. Even if you are believing God for spiritual gifts, if you don't change, you will destroy people with the power of God. Jesus, more of you. Everyone begin to pray. Begin to cry out to God. Begin to cry out to God. Some of you, God has not answered your prayer because you have not changed. Ask God to change you. Tell God that thing that you are going to drop. Tell God that thing you are going to stop doing. Myself as well. You can't get to the next level if you don't change. 
You can't cross over. You can't take over. You can't enter into your next level. Brother, say after me, Lord Jesus. Say after me, Lord Jesus. I come to you as a sinner that I am. Asking for forgiveness. Asking for acceptance. Asking for your Lordship. Asking for salvation. Lord Jesus, accept me as your own. Take me to the other side. By the confession of my mouth, I relinquish everything in me that is of the devil. I cut. I cut every time to the things of the world, to the God of this world. Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior from today onward. In Jesus' name I have prayed. You were my comfort till the day you will come again. Jesus, I am your own. You were my melody. You are my comfort till the day you will come again. Jesus, I am your Take your offering and lift up your offering. We're going to pray. Take your offering and lift up your offering. Take your offering and lift up your offering. We're going to pray. Take up. I'm not after the amount. I'm after the manner that you give offering. Don't give offering casually. We have come to the Father of Spirits. We have come to the Father of Spirits. What we are doing here, the devil copied it. That's what people do when they go somewhere to sacrifice. I was, I was uh, uh, bringing up something that was bothering me. And, and God told me, you have not given a sacrifice. As regards this issue. The people who are doing what is bothering you are making sacrifices. Where is your own sacrifice? What you are doing is bringing a sacrifice to go to war against your enemies. So what you are doing, you are not giving just small offering. You change your mindset. You are, an, an offering is an act of war. An offering is an act of war. If somebody goes to a shrine and they take an offering, you don't say, oh, they are playing. When you bring an offering, you are telling God, I'm serious. I'm prepared to put something on the line. My father, my father, my father. My father, my father, my father. Every attempt of the enemy to pollute my finances, to destroy my finances, to destroy my business, by reason of this offering, let there be a divine separation. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Separate me, O Lord, from everything, every bad investment decision, every bad business partner, everything that is meant to pollute my business. Destroy my name in the marketplace. Destroy my CV in the presence of those that will help me. 
O God, today, by reason of this offering, arise and fight for me. Arise, O King of glory, and separate me from every evil intent of, of the enemy against my finances, against my family, against my business, against my church, against everything that has to do with my livelihood. Prayers in the name of Jesus. We pray you have been blessed by the word of God you received today. For prayers or counseling, our doors are always open. We invite you to worship with us at the Overcomers Church World Outreach. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website, www.overcomersgrace.org. We look forward to seeing you at our next service. God bless you in Jesus' name.